0: All right, so we're mainly going to be in Ephesians 4 and 5 today, uh, Genesis 1 and um, 1 Corinthians 13. Um, I'm excited to be here. Um, I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. So I guess that qualifies me to stand here and proclaim His love. Um, I'm excited that I'm in a room where... Generational love runs four generations deep. Um, we're going to speak today to husbands and how to love your wives. And when I when I started to put this together, I knew immediately this is what I wanted to preach on. When I started to put it together, I kind of wanted to put together this do's and don't list, and I just wasn't able to do that. God didn't didn't allow me to do that. Um, what we are going to talk about today is how. Did Christ love the church and how did Christ give himself up um, for the church and so not to give away the ending but this this idea is greater than just husband and wife Um, the way that you love your wife will teach your son or your son's how to love your love his wife and how to love others and and we as fathers i don't know fathers that are not protective of their daughters but the way that you love your wife will show your daughters how they should be loved by their future husband right and we'll teach them and teach others around us how to love others it is a heavy burden Uh, It's not burden. That's not the way... It it is a heavy weight to bear, this loving your wives as Christ loved the church. But it is one that if you have the Holy Spirit, you are fully capable of doing. Um, And so we will start here today in Genesis 1-1. And we'll look at some ways that Christ loved the church. In Genesis 1-1... In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Very simply, our God, our our husband Jesus Christ, is a provider. He provides us with all the things that we need and and beyond that. Um, The first thing he does before his bride is even created is he provides a place for her. Uh, God blessed them. In Genesis 1.28, God bless them. We should bless our wives and be a blessing unto our wives. <clears throat> Genesis 131. And God saw everything that He had made, and behold, it was very good. A husband should give good things to his wife. Right? Um, our God is a very particular God. He doesn't just give us any things, he gives us things that are good. Genesis 2.8. And the Lord planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he put a man, or he put the man whom he had formed. God worked. He planted a garden. Um, and he gave this garden to Adam and Eve that they may live there. He gave them very simple things. He gave them some land. He gave them food. Um, he, he was a provider of God. <clears throat> Genesis. 16 and the Lord commanded the man saying you may surely eat of every tree of the garden but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in that day that you eat it that you will surely die so one of the things that Christ did for his bride was he immediately taught her he, he brings her and he, he gathers her together and just says these things are good <clears throat> These things are bad. If you take part in these things, you will surely die. He teaches her. This is the watching of the word. Began very early. Genesis 3.5 And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Christ spends time with his bride. He made time daily to spend with her. Would walk with her, speak with her. Teach her. Be there for her. Right? This is, this is something important we have to do as husbands. We have to make time for our wives. <clears throat> and the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. He sacrificed for his wife. Right? Um, he gave up something for his wife. Something that we, as men, should also do. We should make sacrifices of our time, of our energies, right, uh, of the good things that God has given us. Genesis three twenty-two. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live live forever. God kicks them out, Adam and Eve, out of the garden, and it was the very best. that he could give them see god understood that if they go and and they eat of the tree of life and and they they gain eternal life here on earth that earth would eventually become a prison for adam and eve Um, the reason behind that is we as as people we will we will quickly grow bored of things right Uh, we see this in the garden adam and eve are are giving everything the pre-incarnated christ comes and walks with them and they have everything they could possibly need and they quickly whether it be three days three weeks three years 300 years we don't know how long they were in the garden before they ate of the fruit here's what we do know in in the span of infinity of infinity It was an incredibly short amount of time that they were in the garden. Before they got bored with what they have and decided to try the one thing they couldn't have. Humans get bored. And the only thing that will give us joy unspeakable for all of eternity is being before the fullness of God in heaven with Him. And so, being a good husband God removes the tree of life so that Adam and Eve will not have eternal life here on earth, but are able to have eternal life with Him, which is a truly good and joyous life. As husbands, we should remove things that are detrimental to our lives. All right. Let's go back to Ephesians 4. And I'm not going to read all the Ephesians 4, but I'm going to highlight some things about love. And Paul is going, to be, is going to focus very heavily on the Christian walk, which is basically the Christian walk is everything that a Christian does. And he's going to begin here in one, and he's going to say, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. He said, you've been given a great salvation, and you have a great God. Walk in that particular manner as you know who your God is. Walk with humility. Be humble in all that you do. Recognize that no matter what great things you have or what great things you are able to do, that those great things and everything you have is given to you by your your husband, by Jesus Christ. That's where all your good things come from. Be gentle. Be patient. Talked about this morning it's easy patience is not being around someone that's easy to be around you learn patience being around people that are difficult to be around Bearing one another in love and this quite literally means to hold up others with love we're going to see a pattern here that love is the greatest and that love it will never fail us <clears throat> Eager to maintain unity in the spirit and the bond of peace. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we should be eager to be united together in the word of God and bring peace. It is a travesty that the church under the name of Jesus Christ has so many denominations. There should be one. And we should be eager to go back to one. Because there is only one true gospel. And we should eagerly seek that one true gospel. And we should eagerly seek to teach all of our other brothers and sisters in Christ that one true gospel. 11. Jesus gave us the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. As husbands, we should be givers of good gifts. We need to be mature men Paul will tell us here quickly a couple of verses down in 15 to grow up in every way. Men, be mature in Christ. You represent Christ as the, the head of your household. You should speak the truth, husband. But not only speak the truth, but you are to speak the truth not harshly, not coldly, not as an information way of of putting forth the truth, but you should speak the truth lovingly unto your wives. No longer walk as the Gentiles. Verse 24, but put on your new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Your God continues to give us good gifts. He continues to give us kindness, patience, self-control, gentleness, righteousness, holiness. He gives us so many good gifts, men, that he leaves us without excuse. We have no excuse not to love our wives as Christ loved the church. He has made us capable of doing it and giving us his Holy Spirit. Paul goes on, speak the truth with your neighbor. Your wife is your closest neighbor. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the uh, sun go down on your anger. Paul goes on to say, do honest work that you may share. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as Christ forgave you. Christ forgave you if you're forgiven. Fully and completely and absolutely forgave you. Therefore, where I really wanted to get to, men, therefore be imitators of God. Men, be imitators of Jesus Christ, walking in love and being thankful for all that you have. I was going to go through. The Ten Commandments of Love, and we would get to covetness. And if you covet something, you cannot love the person that has the thing that you covet, nor can you be thankful for the things that you have. We should be thankful for all that God has given us, which is which is great. Walk as children of light. Again, God continues in this walking idea, trying to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Seeking Him to know what He would have you to do. How He would have you to lead His family. Look carefully at how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Being filled with the Spirit. This is the way that we're able to accomplish all of these things. Is Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns. Spiritual songs. Interesting. I don't know that I've ever been directly addressed in a psalm or a hymn or a spiritual song, um, singing melodies and making melodies uh, to the Lord with your heart. I would think that this would some way be tied back to joy inexpressible. That when that kind of joy is overflowing from you, you have to sing. Giving thanks always for everything. Not simply being content in what you have, but being thankful for all that he is giving you. Um, We know this. The physical things that God gives us are just a drop in the water and and only point to the massive spiritual things that God gives us. Right, we should always be thankful. As husbands, we should always be thankful. We are teaching our children to be thankful. We are teaching our wives to be thankful. We should be always be thankful for what we have, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Okay, one Corinthians thirteen. If we're going to talk about love, we have to talk about uh, we have to, go to love chapter one Corinthians thirteen. Uh, this I love I think James I think I can teach 1 Corinthians 13 every week but I cannot read without just blowing my mind I just can't wrap my mind completely around it but he says here if I speak in the tongues of men and angels so if I'm able to speak every language that's ever been spoken and not only that but I can speak in the tongues of angels but I don't have love I'm just noisy I'm just a gong I'm just annoying I'm not accomplishing anything. If I could do these great things, but I don't do it in love, there's no purpose behind it. In fact, it's only detrimental. If I have prophetic powers, if I can see the future, I can prophesy what's going to happen, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. This is one of them that really gets me. If we're going to understand all that angels don't, yet understand all mysteries. And if we're going to have all knowledge, well, the knowledge of God is infinite. So we're going to have an infinite amount of knowledge and an infinite amount of wisdom. And with that, we could instantly cure cancer, homelessness, any environmental issue, the educational system, there's nothing that would be on a, beyond our capabilities of knowing how to fix immediately. But he says, if I, if I don't have love, if love's not the driving force behind that, I have nothing. <clears throat> if I have all faith, that I can look at mountains and not simply move the mountains, but remove them. Basically, Paul says, if I had faith that I could do anything I wanted, any miracle I wanted, it would be of no use if love was not the driving force. If I give away all that I have and deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I've gained nothing. men. it doesn't matter what you do for your wife, what you give to your wife, how you treat your wife. If it's not driven in the love of Jesus Christ, you're failing. failure. It has to come from there. Love is patient and kind. It's long-suffering. Love does not envy it or boast. Love... Faith, hope, and love are some good things he gave us. The greatest is love. And you will never see love go, look at me, I'm the greatest. I'm the best. Forget about faith. Love is the best. You'll never see love do that. You'll never see love, and even though how magnificent love is, boast in itself. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Love will have no negative characteristics. Love will only bring forth positive. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices at the truth. Love looks at the truth and it is excited and rejoices at truth. Love bears all things. It will hold all things up. Believes all things. You would ask me why I know this to be absolutely true. It's love. Because I know that my husband Jesus Christ is so good and loves me so much that he's not going to give me something that's a lie, that he's only going to give me the truth. Hopes all things. My hope is based in love and endures all things. See, truly, love never fails. Love will never be the reason that you fall down. Love will never be the reason that you sin. Love will never be the reason that you miss the mark. Love always endures. It never ends. It always continues. It never gets tired. It's infinite. Love never ends. So let's look at a couple things here real quickly. How Christ humbled himself for his bride. Well, one, he came to earth as a baby. Relying upon Mary. right? Relying upon Mary to make sure that uh, he was provided for, that he was cared for and his father Joseph as they moved all around um, you know, to um, stay away from Herod from this one that spoke all into existence humbled himself in such a way that he was a baby, relying upon his mother and father he bailed his power Alvin used this uh, in children's church last week and I loved that word bailed his power Jesus never gave up his power but as he walked here on earth as if he put it in a holster on his side and never pulled it out. He was reliant upon the Holy Spirit that he would do all of his miracles. He humbled himself in that his death was on a cross. And it was not a quick death. It was not an easy death. It was a slow, tortured death. Jesus embraced little children when the Popular thing of the day is if you were a great teacher or considered to be a great man in your city was to sit at the gate so other men would come and ask you for advice. You wouldn't have had time for little children, but Jesus did. He said, Bring the little children to me. Jesus was not concerned with worldly wealth whatsoever. So much so that the rich young man comes to him and said, I've done all the things. What do I need to do? And he says, give it all away. Come and follow me. Jesus is not concerned with worldly wealth. Right? The gifts that we give to our wives, the good gifts that we give, should be spiritual blessings for the most part. Um, Jesus walked here on earth 33 years. Not for himself, but for the glory of God and to draw his bride closer. Everything that he did. Nothing was selfish. Nothing was about him. Right? It was what is going to glorify God and what is going to draw my bride to me. And that is what he did. Everything. So that had me thinking and asking a question: What did Jesus do for fun? What were his hobbies? I often tell myself I need to go and sit in a tree stand so I can have time to myself. I may often tell myself I need to go, I need to go have fun, kind of let off some steam, or you know, relax for a little bit, just get some time away to myself. What did Jesus do for fun? First Peter 1a. This is where we're going to end. Rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. You see, Jesus didn't have to do things for fun. He didn't have to go get away from everyone else to spend time on himself. Jesus had, has, and when he walked on earth had, joy that was inexpressible and full of glory. Every moment, every day. The joy that he had. Now I would challenge you to have joy that is inexpressible and full of glory and try to focus on yourself. I don't think it's possible. I think when you have this joy that is inexpressible and full of glory, you must share it. Your your love must be to your neighbor, to your wife, to your children. So, men, I would ask this today. Is this the joy that you have?